Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. going on what is going on bills mafia welcome welcome everybody into the overreaction buffalo post game show brought to you by the market dominator team on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network presented by picasso's pizza treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day picasso's we are buffalo pizza shipping local and nationwide order online at picasso's pizza.net my name is joe miller i'm the voice of the overreaction buffalo post game show and you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. You can also find this show on Twitter at Overreaction Buff, Overreaction B-U-F. And if you follow me over at Overreaction Buff, I will follow you back. Best place to go to get all of the extra content that I have been putting out is to follow that handle. You will know when I've dropped a pod. You know when I've dropped a something on Monday, Wednesday. Rapid Fire Friday, all that good stuff. But it's super good to have you. Let me be the first to wish you a happy Victory Monday. This is this will be the 13th Victory Monday of the season. It's And uh, it doesn't get old. It does definitely not get old, especially after what this last week looked like, which we'll get into here in a second. But please do me a favor, like and subscribe, whatever platform you are consuming this podcast or this video cast on. We are Super Chat Live. And basically what that means is if you're watching me live right now, uh, I'm recording a podcast. So I'm doing the best I can to kind of stick with my notes, uh, not really hanging out in the comments section too much. If you want to get my attention, if you want uh, to ask me a question uh, or if you have a comment for me just on something that I've said, please do me a favor, jump in, give me a super chat. You don't have to like put a ton of money in there. It just makes it glow so I can see it and basically grabs my attention. But with that being said, uh, yeah, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now, let me just say one more time. Welcome. So good to have you. Wildest dreams land. Wildest dreams land are upon us one more time. Uh, and before we kick the show off as we do every single week, uh, let's, uh, let's hear real quick from the market dominator and his team. Let's, let's pay the bills. Hey, it's John Spasjack here with the market dominators team. We are wildly grateful to be sponsoring the Overreaction Postgame Show with our good friend Joe Miller so we can connect with all of you, Bills Mafia. Now, I want to reflect a moment and talk about what it was like sitting on the 40-yard line last Monday night in Cincinnati watching these events unfold with DeMar Hamlin. We are wildly grateful and stunned at the amount of prayer that went forward and what can happen when a team, a community, an organization can come together, a nation, a world comes together united. I think everyone, everyone was 
impacted by what happened. And we are so grateful that DeMar is off his breathing tube. He's up and talking and we wish him a healthy recovery so that he can get back there on the field. But we are all reminded that nothing is more important than life itself, not even football. So as you begin to transition in your life from one home to another, we do want to remind you that we are the market dominators and that we seek to serve in a way that everyone came together to serve DeMar. We're here for you. So give us a call directly, 716-570-3298, where we educate, advocate, negotiate, and dominate. And lastly, go Bills. Go Bills, that is John Spazchek. Uh, he was at the game last week in Cincinnati, uh, and I couldn't imagine. I know probably a whole bunch of people that were that are listening to this were there as well, and I can't even imagine being a part of what unfolded uh, in that football game. And to be honest with you, real quick, you know, I've been absent and quiet over the last week, uh, and a big part of that, and I put a tweet out about it, I just didn't have words. You know, when you see what un- when, when, when what unfolded unfolded before our eyes on national television – uh, and I'm not going to get uh, largely into that because obviously the good news is is that Demar is okay, and I'm believing that he's going to play again. But when you see just the coverage and you see what unfolded around Demar Hamlin and the Buffalo Bills and the wall-to-wall coverage that that from every broadcast outlet, sports media. I mean, Good Morning Football was three hours solid Tuesday morning. Uh, and then again, Wednesday morning, ESPN's co- coverage. And I don't even like ESPN, but ESPN's coverage was phenomenal. I just felt like I had nothing to add that wouldn't be anything but noise. And at the end of the day, I'm not a professional. This isn't what I do for a living. And there are people who are gifted professionals um, and know how to bring news and know how to bring news coverage. And there's a moment when people like me need to step aside. And for me, that this past week uh, was that moment for me to step aside, just to get out of the way um, and not add to the noise. Um, but it's been tremendous to kind of see everything that has gone on. It's, it's been tremendous to see the hearts. It's been tremendous to see the unity. It's been tremendous to see a nation rallied around a human being, one person in prayer. And it's been amazing to see what those prayers can do. And I just want to give you a real quick, uh, just some of the words from Coach Sean McDermott before we get the show officially started uh, from the postgame presser, just talking about DeMar Hamlin sent the team a text two nights ago, I believe on Friday night in the middle of the night, Saturday morning, early 2.31, I think Tredavious White said, and he just basically was apologizing to the team, um, apologizing for this happening to him, apologizing for probably being a distraction to them and weighing so heavily on their hearts. And coach Sean McDermott, it was brought to his attention that that happened because he didn't know he sent it to the DB room, I believe. Um, and coach responded to that. And I just want to, I just want to share with you incredibly powerful words from coach before we officially kick the show off. So just bear with me just for a second. The other comment or question about DeMar, like DeMar shouldn't, shouldn't in no way, shape or form feel, feel bad or, or apologize for him putting his teammates through this. Um, I think we would all agree um, that God's hand is in this and has been in it from the first moment. And I think, and I should say this, when you watch how at times divided we can be as a country and a world, I I think the thing we all recognize this week was when people can put um, 
love first and people first and come together, how powerful um, this, this country and this world can be for the good um, and the amount of love that they have, that people can have for one another. Um, and maybe it took a sporting event for that to happen, but I think that's a great example to all of us and, and we should continue with that moving forward. So I'm going to do my best to uh, not continue on that note just out of uh, just enough people have been emotional. Um, yeah. So let those words sink in more unity, less division, more love, less hate, um, more prayer, less doubt, more hope, right. Is what this country needs. Um, what these, what we as a people need, what we as communities need. And to be honest with you, with everything that's gone on in Buffalo over the last 365 days less than that not calendar year but la the last 300 less than 365 days to include which has not been wildly reported john murphy also suffering a stroke last week i think on friday night or saturday before the game on monday you know enough is enough um i'm kind of tapped out on it to be honest with you and uh just really excited to see the positive turn and see the positive spin and to see all of us come together and rally around a cause um, so I'm going to leave that there and, uh, just kind of wanted to let everybody know why I have been silent. There was no, the show didn't happen. There was no Fina show. There was no Humpty hotline. It just, yeah. So with that, uh, we will move on, but uh, I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all of you tuning in. I appreciate those of you that are here with me live right now. And there's a bunch of you, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, and thank you for so much for kind of just giving me the first couple minutes of the show to kind of get that stuff out there. So appreciate, appreciate you more than all of you will ever know. Uh, the Buffalo bills. Awesome. Victory Monday, wildest dreams that the Buffalo Bills have defeated the New England Patriots, sweeping them once again with a final score of 35 to 23, uh, finishing the season with seven straight wins. I know a little bit on a technicality because there's a no contest in there, but the reality is, is they won seven straight to finish the season. They got four left. They got four to go, fam. They have four more victories to go. And to be honest with you, as you probably already gleaned, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I know that you're exhausted. Um, I know the team is exhausted. You know, everyone needed this game. Uh, we needed it so that we could move on. Even with DeMar doing okay and, and, and being better and talking and up and around and neurologically fine and the breathing tube out and all that good stuff, you know, there was still, it felt like there was still a cloud. There was still a weight, right? So with everything that happened, there was a weight that was lifted. There was a cloud that was lifted, but we needed to see football. We needed to see, you know, the Bills play. We needed to erase the last memory that we all had of our favorite football team being on a football field. And to be honest with you, I believe that Cincinnati Bengals fans probably felt the same way. Uh, but, you know, we needed to see the Bills players make tackles and then get up. You know, we, we needed to see what we saw in this football game. And what's amazing about not only this game, but the entire week itself is just the amount of times that the number three showed up. And I've got just a couple of them for you. For those of you that are aware of these things, you know, you can fist bump with me. For those of you that aren't aware, then you can be amazed. You can go wide-eyed. Um, but it started uh, earlier this week, I think on Tuesday, Tage Thompson uh, scored his third hat-trick of the season. For those of you that are not aware, a hat-trick is three goals. So Tage Thompson so scored three goals in the game, in the Sabres game, and it was the third time he'd done that in the season. There were other things leading up to this game, but I don't want to kind of hit all of it. But, you know, I'm sure that you have heard, and if you have not, the opening kickoff return that uh, that Naheem Hines had was the first opening or the first kickoff return for a touchdown, I should say, 
for the Bills in three years and three months. Josh Allen, when he was asked in a postgame presser what that felt like or what his emotion was or what it meant, he said, to be honest with you, it was a spiritual moment. It was, it was just it, it, the whole entire moment. It was beyond emotion. It was beyond feelings. It was beyond glee and happiness. It was a spiritual moment. He said it was like God was talking to us in that moment. The offense, Josh Allen uh, threw three touchdowns. The defense had three interceptions. And this is probably my favorite part. Um, DeMar Hamlin had the opportunity pregame to break the huddle down for the Bills. Um, and when he, so they were, they FaceTimed him in. So the team, as you know, pregame is like when, before the, before they come off the field for the introductions and stuff, they all get in the middle and then they break the team down, um, as a, as a full team, not as, as, as units, but as a full team. And they had DeMar on FaceTime. Um, and he basically said, bills on me. I'm going to get emotional. One, two, three bills, which to me, I mean, I, you know, bills on me, right? So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to do the best I can to, yeah, to stay in character (laughs) might be a little tough. Uh, so let's, um, let's get back to the football game. You know, this football game, it was 32 degrees in Buffalo today, a little gray, gray day as it is typically this time of year in Buffalo. It was, it, it angers me because in Pittsburgh, which is two and a half hours from here, it was sunny and cold, but we get gray cloudy days. But the good news is, is there was no win for this football game sold out, packed, Highmark Stadium, where the energy was palpable. Even before the national anthem was sung, everybody was in their seats, uh, anxious, waiting, ready to get this game going. You know, the Buffalo Bills, as you know, already needed this game to get the number two seed and guarantee themselves home field advantage for round one and round two of the playoffs and guarantee that they don't have to go to Kansas City during the playoffs. So because of the no, the no contest, and I have my own feelings about the decision and the rule change, not the rule change, whatever the the, the condition change that the, that the NFL made, the competition committee made for the Bills because of the no contest, actually for the Bills and the, and the Bengals. I don't really like it. Um, I almost in some regards wish they would have just given them an L. Uh, and, you know, it is what it is. Because to be honest with you, even with the L and the Bengals having won that game, um, they're still going to the playoffs, right? They're still the games are going to be played and I trust this football team. But if you aren't aware of what's going to happen or what, how this whole thing shook out because of the no contest between the bills and the Bengals and the chiefs going on to win the seed, the, the one seed with an extra game, a better winning percentage, the, they were given the option. The chiefs were to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, or they were given the option to take a first round buy. They chose wisely the first round buy. Well, why would they choose the buy? Well, the buy means that they got one less game to play. They get a week off, but more importantly, they get an automatic advance to round two of the playoffs. The Bills then get the uh, home field advantage as the number two seed. Now, what's going to happen is the Bills are going to play the first game at home. If they win that, they're going to play the second game at home. Uh, and provided the Chiefs win their first playoff game, right? Because they got the first round buy. Then that AFC championship game between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be played uh, in a neutral stadium on a neutral field someplace. I'm not exactly sure. I know they've asked, I think, Indianapolis and Indianapolis was they had to decline. They've got something else going. I think Vegas was asked, too, and they may have declined. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Now, here's what's interesting. If the Chiefs lose uh, in their first round playoff game or their second round playoff game, their first game, then the Bills get home field advantage 
through the playoffs uh, is, is, is effectively how that's going to work. So the AFC championship game will be played in Buffalo if the Chiefs were to lose. So now that we kind of got that all wrapped up, the Bills needed this game uh, to get that number two seed, uh, like I said, and guarantee home field advantage for round one and round two of the playoffs. The Bills are playing, if you have not heard yet, they're playing the Miami Dolphins. Now the question is going to be, is Tua Tungavailoa going to play in that football game, which we have not heard? He remains in concussion protocol at this point, and uh, Mike McDaniel was unwilling to discuss it in his postgame presser today as to whether or not he would be available, how he's progressing, any of that type of stuff. And that's probably wise for Mike McDaniel just to kind of keep that under his hat. Uh, the Patriots uh, needed this win to be in. They didn't. They lost. For the second year in a row, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills end the Patriots season. Wildest dreams land. <laughs> you might get a bunch of wildest dreams land from me during this show, but uh, that to me will never get old. So, and it's going to be, if the Buffalo Bills uh, Miami Dolphins come to Buffalo next week and the Bills can uh, put down the Dolphins, then you're talking about the Bills ending the Dolphins season, which, uh, you know, they've done that a couple times in the last couple years. So that will be wildest dreams land. That's the stuff that uh, wildest dreams are made of. And I will live in wildest dreams land forever. But, uh, you know, it's surprising to me that the Patriots were kind of this close, that they needed to win and be in because I expected, if you've been paying attention to any of the shows that I'm on, I expected the Patriots to be, the worst team in football, or I should say the worst team in the AFC East, which they weren't. You know, the uh, the Jets ended up with a bunch of quarterback issues that they weren't really expecting. Not that the Patriots don't have quarterback issues either. Outside of this football game, Mac Jones has been kind of horrific. Um, he's been bad this season. Uh, if you remember, they talked about going to uh, Bailey. They talked about going to his backup. Uh, and it's just been, it's just been a, a, a tough sled offensively between him uh, Matt Patricia being the offensive coordinator, I should say co-offensive coordinator, play caller. The the Patriots just haven't been a good football game or a football team. So knowing that they were this close to being in the playoffs, and I think they would have had to have come back and played the Bills uh, next week. It's a little bit, in my opinion, surprising. Good on them, I guess. But have a nice flight home. <laughs> See you next season sometime. Probably with a different offensive coordinator, possibly with a different quarterback. Bailey Zappi, right? That was his name. So anytime we can put uh, that team down, it's a good day. It's a real good day. But you couldn't have getting into this football game, you know, you couldn't have scripted the opening of this game any better. Uh, Naheem Hines receives the kick uh, at the four-yard line of the Buffalo Bills and takes that opening kickoff 96 yards for a touchdown. It's funny. I didn't watch it live. I, I watched the game live. But I didn't watch the opening kickoff live. So this is what happened to me. So with John Murphy being not well, having he had a stroke, as I said at the top of the show a couple like a week and a half ago, Chris Brown, Brownie has been calling the games for the Buffalo Bills. And I wanted to kind of hear what his play by play was like. So I was I was out in the truck. I was coming home from church and uh, sat in the sat in my driveway for about 10 minutes, just kind of waiting for the game to start. And I was like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm re recording it. I just want to hear like the kickoff and I want to hear the first play. Right. And then I'll go in the house and I'll put the game on and I'll watch it that way. And you like, I'm sitting there in my truck in utter disbelief as I'm listening to Brownie call Naheem Hines at the 40, at the 50, at the 40, the 35, the 30, the 20, the 10. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, 
So I don't know. There's a good chance that going forward, because I'm not superstitious. I'm as Josh Allen and they say in the office, I'm a little stitious. I may have to listen to the first <laughs> the first kickoff of every game in my truck going forward because I was in my and I've never listened. I don't listen to it on the radio. So if I'm driving home late uh, from church, I'll literally turn the radio off because I know I'm recording it. I'll turn my phone off so nobody can text me and then I'll drive home and I'll put it on and then I'll catch up. But this was an, a unique and very odd moment for me. And uh, for all intents and purposes, you know, if we're talking about it, um, I might have to sit in my truck and listen to the opening kickoff of every game going forward just because, <laughs> because that's how we are, right? Just one of those things. But uh, you could have, you could not have scripted the moment any better. Um, just the three years and three months thing, um, you know, Josh Allen, you know, the view coming back from commercial last week on Monday night with Josh Allen hands on his face, right? That's when you knew something was really wrong. And then the next live football game view we have of Josh Allen is him once again with his hands on his head, only this time in disbelief for positive reasons. You know, McDermott, I swear when they cut to him was glossy eyed, uh, meaning he was welling up with emotion once he kind of realized what had happened, and it's funny because uh, McDermott had spoken in his press game conference after this game just about having a vision that this is how this game would start, that they'd get the opening kickoff and they would take it down for a touchdown. Um, and more interestingly than that, he also talked about the fact that, you know, when it did happen, that he then had to start thinking about how the team was going to react as far as, like, to, to that whole situation because the emotion of this game, and we heard it if you watched the broadcast on television. We heard them talk about the emotional drain, just going through this week and how are the players going to fare being that drained all week long emotionally? Would they have, because when you're that emotional, it takes adrenaline from your body. It removes all the hormones and stuff, the serotonin and all that kind of stuff, the stuff that keeps your body going so that when you get into these high-pressure situations, your body is a little bit tapped. It's a little bit zapped. So McDermott was worried a little bit about just kind of how they were going to, you know, respond to that moment. Um, and I'd say personally, they had some challenges responding to that moment. And rightly so, if you think about it. Uh, Naheem Hines said that uh, the whole team has been chanting for weeks, hashtag free Hines. And uh, DeMar Hamlin has been one of the ones that's kind of been chirping that as well. In fact, DeMar Hamlin actually tweeted free Hines before the game even started. Um, and, and then he tweeted about it afterwards once it happened as well. Um, but there was an emphasis, Naheem Hines said in his post-game presser, about getting that first touchdown return, kickoff return for a touchdown in this game. Um, he felt that they had been close that they had done their job, the, the blocking scheme. He said that there had been challenges this year kind of coming in to Buffalo and getting kind of in sync, and I'm paraphrasing, get, getting in sync with the team. He said, but those guys have always had his back, and there's been a couple times when he felt like it was there, but he slipped down and kind of let his teammates down. So the fact that that's how this game started, and I don't know where you were and what your experience was and how you, much you were screaming at the television or if you were at the game losing your mind, but what what an incredibly amazing moment that was. And then for him to do it again. Like I'm sitting on the couch when the second one comes. And my wife is sitting next to me. And like when he first broke free, I was like, he's going to do it again. And sure enough, he did it again. Um, 
just absolutely, absolutely positively unbelievable, absolutely incredible. Um, but like I said, you know, coming out of that moment, the Buffalo Bills struggled a bit and you, and, and you really can't blame them. Um, you know, like I said, I was completely exhausted, you know, after that football game, John Fina texted me and was like, I need a nap. <laughs> I need to take a nap. He was exhausted after the football game. Um, I just can't imagine what these players felt. I can't imagine the emotion even post game. I can't imagine what they're feeling right now. There's going to be a quiet time moment for these players where they're going to get by themselves and they're going to begin to reflect and recall the doubt, the fear, the concern, the insecurities, followed by the hope and the optimism, followed by the ups and the downs of this game. And it's going to bring players to emotional moments. Whether they're with somebody or not, it's going to affect them. You know, Tredavious White said in his postgame presser that uh, he's not, even after he heard about DeMar being okay, that yesterday during, I should say Saturday during the football games, that like, you know, the TV would cut to commercial breaks and it's all that he could think about um, is just the visions from Monday and that it's, it's still hanging with him and he can't shake it. So, you know, there's going to be, there was a release that happened when that kickoff return for a touchdown, when that moment happened, right? And there's going to be continued releases. And it's going to be interesting to see how this team continues to respond to yet another tragedy, situation, bump in the road, distraction, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm excited to see how they respond. But regardless of what happens with the rest of this season, for me, and you might feel different. For me, this season has been a win. This season has been a victory. 13-3 and three, with everything that they've gone through, all of the injuries, Kim Pagula, the mass shooting in Buffalo, the winter storms, all the hurdles they've had to jump, DeMar Hamlin, John Murphy. There's just a point where the fact that we're seeing good football from this football team and they have not completely unraveled and the wheels have not completely come off. People are now, there's been a lot of championing for Sean McDermott this week on Twitter that he should be the coach of the year. And that's 100% absolutely correct. Nobody has led their team through anything like what Sean McDermott has led his team through this year. It's been, it's been incredible. And the weight of this football game honestly made it very challenging for me with my notes because this game, you know, you talk about all of the stuff, right? <clears throat> and you know, all the things that they've gone through and you know what was going on in this game and you know, the measure of fear that these players felt about losing this game was probably almost as heavy as some of the other stuff that they went through because they knew the world was going to be watching. The world is all, every single coach, every player came out pregame from every game this weekend wearing love for DeMar. All of the coaches were wearing love for DeMar shirts. NFL people were wearing Bill's clothes and all the stuff this week, pregame stuff like fantasy football shows and 
just highlight shows and NFL uh, NFL access and all that kind of crap. Like the eyes of the world were on this football game. The level of expectation for what was going to happen in this game was it had to be overwhelming. So to see the way that it began, to see what came into it, to see the way that it began with the kickoff return, there's a point where you have to provide grace. You have to provide room that this team, as we learned last Monday, they're humans, right? They're not immune to emotion. They're not immune to distraction. They're not immune to adverse things that come up and keep them from being in their normal rhythm and routine based on the weight of the stuff that happened to them this week. And there was a lot of weight. So I had a hard time with my notes. And I know this isn't a typical post-game show, so if, if, if you're not enjoying this, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be real with you. Trying to take you through, as I always do, my emotions the show's called the overreaction post game show for a reason, because I bring you through the game. At least I try to, and how I feel whether I'm right or wrong about what happened, how I felt. And I hope to resonate with you on how you felt in some fashion. And I know that I don't resonate with everybody, but a lot of times more often than not, I kind of bring it right to the forefront as far as what we went through together. <clears throat> but this game at points had me stuck between Victory Monday, right? And once again, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and I very easily could have built my notes more fashion towards the side of what the heck is going on. But I'm not going to go in that direction. I'm going to choose to be positive, And I'm going to choose to provide positivity and more of an uplifting concept to what happened in this football game, because at the end of the day, Josh Allen said it right. Josh Allen said in this post-game press conference today that from here on out, it doesn't matter how we play. All that matters is how is that we win. From here on out, it doesn't matter how we win. It just matters that we score more points than the other team. And the reality is, is he's 100% correct. Taron Johnson said he echoed the comments of Sean McDermott this week in his post-game press conference that they are overwhelmingly resilient. And I don't think anybody that's listening to my voice right now can deny the fact that this team is ridiculously resilient. You don't overcome the stuff that they've overcome. You don't play three road games in 11 days. You don't get displaced from your family and have games moved and be stuck away from your family. You, you don't go through the loss of the president, one of the presidents of your franchise to a health issue. You don't go through the stuff that this team has gone through and what they watched on Monday without being resilient. And at the end of the day, that's what they need to be remembered for. And that's why I said, no matter what happens from here on out, single, single elimination tournament, that is the NFL playoffs. This season has been a win for me. And you can take it if the Bills 
drop a game before the Super Bowl. Don't make it to the Super Bowl. Don't win the Super Bowl. You can take that however you want. You can be angry. You can be mad. I'm not going to fault you for that because there's there was expectations coming into this season. But for me, and I know there's no such thing as a moral victory, for me, I'm never going to forget what this team has gone through in the 2022 season. And I think that's the easiest way to say it. But let's talk about, or I should say, let's continue talking about this football game. You know, the offensive scoring opened up. Josh Allen, you know, threw a football, a dart, if you will, a vintage Josh Allen moment uh, to Dawson Knox into the end zone. I, how long was that pass? I've got it here. Hang on a second. I can tell you exactly how long it was. Do-do-do. Oh, as I'm going through the play-by-play stuff, Dustin Knox passed from Josh Allen for four yards. It was a four-yard pass, but it seemed like it was 20. <laughs> Josh Allen had dropped back 10 yards from the four-yard line, and Dawson was like eight yards deep in the end zone. Uh, but it was incredible just to see that moment happen. Josh Allen back there. I think the time was like 5.6 seconds in the pocket. There was a, a moment where he was going to check it down. You saw him kind of turn to the camera, and he was like, I'm not going to do it. I've got time. And he looked back, and Dawson had broken free over the middle. Um, just all the time in the world, and like I said, vintage Josh Allen just kind of moment where he is extending the play, even inside the pocket, where other quarterbacks would have bailed in that moment, uh, thrown the ball away, checked it down, done something different. You know, it's, it's funny because – there's, there's times when we criticize Josh Allen for doing stuff like that, and then there's other times, more often than not, where he's just brilliant. And you're like, yep, that's why we love him. That's why we love the quarterback that he is uh, for our football team. But, you know, the Patriots defensively, they were playing good in this football game, keeping Josh Allen off balance and keeping this offense off balance, whether it was self-inflicted or not. You know, I don't know, but they had a very good mix of blitzes they had a very good mix of you know kind of just rushing with three rushing with four bringing odd guys bringing people at different times um and i don't want to say that there was confusion for josh allen but there was a little bit of off balance and kind of unsettledness through this game and again that could be from just the what they've gone through this week i would expect to see a far more settled football team next week first week of the playoffs than we saw in this game the good news is is the run game I was I was uh, texting Jerry Ostrowski um, after the game, and the the, the good news is uh, the run game is working. I was I, th- I think I was talking with Fina about it too. Uh, just the fact that you know, of all the things that you can talk about, positive right from this football game, the fact that the Bills are now running successfully in run situations where they have failed in the last three years is pretty incredible, and you couple that with Josh Allen starting to throw darts down the field. And he said in his post-game presser, I've probably been checking it down too much. Kind of brings you back to a, uh Oh, <laughs> like if we can get the, the old Josh Allen, where he's taking those risks and those chances and he's throwing darts down the field and they're being successful and we can run the football. Wildest dreams land, baby. Wildest dreams land. I uh, got a super chat from Carl Tommen. Uh, Thank you for the super chat, uh, my friend. Thank you for being a part of the show. This team, uh, they're winners just for making it this far, but they're not done. Uh, and we will win it all this year. They will win it for everyone. Woot, woot. You know, Carl, I love that sentiment. And uh, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't know that anything else needs to be said. 
because I believe they have the ability to do it. We're going to talk about a little bit of that in the story of this game uh, here in a couple of minutes. So just hang with me just a second, if you will. But uh, as I was saying, the Patriots defense, uh, they're playing well. The, the run game is working, you know, and when you look at the defensive game plan, and again, this is that moment where I'm, I'm willing to give them grace because they made Mac Jones look like an all-world quarterback through a lot of moments. Mac Jones in his three touchdown drives, if you did not see this, hear this, or if you were at the game, was 17 of 17. Mac Jones, who has been a problem for the Patriots this year, Matt Patricia, who has been a problem for the Patriots this year. They were just, Mac Jones was finding wide open receivers all over the football field. He was making the right reads. He was making the right throws. His wide receivers were catching the football. It was, there was a lot to be desired as far as game plan wise, what it looked like kind of was going on. Again, we don't know. We're not, we're not in that locker room. We're not in those meetings, but at the end of the day, they bowed up and did what they needed to do and came away with three key interceptions, two of them either in the end zone or damn near close to the end zone to basically keep the Patriots from getting to the point where they could take this game over. The Bills did a very good job of, of, of uh, overcoming, I think is the word that I want to use. Uh, this is the first game that the Buffalo Bills have not scored at the end of a half in I don't even know how long. Um, you know, the, the, the pass that Allen threw, I I'm going to, I'm a Josh Allen apologist. So I, I, I'm not afraid to admit it as much as I've never said it. I'm a Josh Allen apologist. I literally will get on this show and I'll tell you at times when I feel like it was his fault or not. And I'll try to do the best I can to find what Josh was seeing, what he was doing, what he was thinking and why he made the throw that he made. Uh, that was a bad decision. You know, the, the Romo or Nance said that he got hit, like his arm got hit. It didn't. He basically ducked the ball. It wasn't a good throw. The defender went at his legs low. Matthew Judon, I think, is who it was. It probably could have been a penalty. There was a lot of bad calls and kind of some bad non-calls in this game. But even if he had gotten zip on that football, there was nobody there that was open that he was throwing the football to. Like, it was strange that moment, I don't know what he was seeing. I don't, unless he thought he was going to throw it out the back of the end zone, maybe that's what the plan was, and it came out of his hand funny, but it looked like a bad decision. He didn't really address it in the postgame presser, um, just said he had a couple throws he'd like to get back, which he says pretty much every single game. But it made it 14-14 to 14 at the half. Now, the stats, the halftime stats were interesting in this football game to me um, because it was close. Really, really close. You know, the total yards, the Patriots were 140 total yards. The Bills were 145. Passing yards, 110 for Mac Jones, 78 for Josh. Rushing yards, 30, 67 for the Bills. Uh, yards per play, 5.4 for the Patriots and 4.1 for the Bills. Mac Jones, and I didn't write it down, or I didn't I didn't uh, capture it. I don't know what his numbers were at the halftime, but he was, I think he was like 10 of 12 or 12 of 14. He had like two incomplete passes. It was crazy. He's playing lights out. But again, it's easy to play lights out when your guys are wide open, right? When you, It's not hard to make the right decision when your dude is running down the field by himself uh, in this football game. First downs, first half. Nine for the Patriots, 11 for the Bills. Third down efficiency, two of four for the Patriots, five of eight for the Bills. And then total plays, 26 to 35 uh, in favor of the Bills. Sacks, Josh got sacked twice. Mac Jones once, punts, two and two. 
yada, yada, yada. Time of possession was somewhat evenly split, 13 minutes to 16 minutes as far as the half goes. And then they came out in the second half, the Patriots did, and they were straight marching down the football field. Literally just pretty much doing whatever they wanted to do. Mac Jones literally looked in this game early like a top three, top five quarterback in the NFL. He was not, if if you had been told, if you watched this game and had never heard of Mac Jones before, and then you were told that Mac Jones has been a problem all season and the Bills are one of the best defenses in the league, you'd be like, uh, that guy is good. Is basically where you would have, you'd, you'd, you'd have probably argued the opposite in that moment. Mac Jones gone long stretches, not looking good as a good quarterback, not looking good as a quarterback at all in the NFL this past season, 2022, was sharp in this football game. And I, I'm i going to say it again. I've said it a lot. Again, grace. I'm giving, There's a lot of grace that goes to this Bills defense. To me, it wasn't that Mac Jones was good as much as I feel like there was some stuff going on on the Bills side of the football. Does that make sense? Do you follow that? Do you agree with that? I guess is where I'm at. Um, if you think about it, it wasn't necessarily that Mac Jones came out and was like destroying the Bills. It was just the Bills doing it for one reason or seven others kind of doing it to themselves. But Trey White, as they were coming down, man, what a, what a, what a series that opening drive for the Patriots was. They're going down the field. They're going down the field. They're going down the field. Mac Jones, again, hitting all of his receivers. First down, first down, first down. And then Trey White makes that huge interception. Uh, taking it away from, I think it was Devonte Adams, pretty much right on the one yard line, the two yard line. The it was that was probably I want to say I I would go as far as to say that was the play of the game, except for the fact of what happened immediately after, which is that Devin Singletary gets the ball punched out. And he he fumbled, but it wasn't anything that was necessarily. I'm going to say his fault. It's not like he was mishandling the ball or he was being careless. I mean, it was punched out perfectly. Uh, so he fumbles at, at the bills, 11 yard line. And then the bills hold up and they only give up a field goal, which was huge because the opportunity for the momentum swing for the bills. And then the opportunity for the, for the momentum swing to go back right, uh, to new England was enormous in that moment. Uh, the next scoring play as far as from Josh Allen goes was the John Brown touchdown. What, what, I mean, that whole moment, Josh, Josh is rolling to his right. He starts pointing, right? So you know he's telling somebody that he sees open field behind him. And it's always interesting to me when we see stuff like that from Josh Allen because you wonder what he sees because all we have is just the snippet of the television that we can see. We don't see the receivers in the routes, right? And then he launches the football, and I thought for sure that he outthrew John Brown. <laughs> and then John Brown catches the football, and he's wearing number 16. And I'm like, and you all know that I'm Isaiah. I'm a big Isaiah Hodgins fan. Stan, I'm a big Isaiah Hodgins stan. So I'm literally like, who in the hell is number 16? And McKenna is like, John Brown. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then like, it comes up on the screen and I tweeted about this. And it says John Brown touchdown. And it's got a picture of Isaiah Hodgins, which is hysterical. And I took a picture of the television and I, I texted it to Isaiah and Isaiah responded immediately. He goes, I'm, I'm scoring touchdowns everywhere, <laughs> which was just a fun, fun moment. But what a throw. Uh, he throws the ball 50 yards in the air, just kind of flicks it on the run, kind of off scripting the play, which we know that Josh Allen off script, out of structure, outside of structure. That's when he's his, at his best. 
but he's equally dangerous inside of structure, which is probably something that we haven't seen enough of in the last couple of weeks with this offense. There's a, you know, Jerry Ostrowski feels like this Bills team is offense is lacking a little bit of an identity as they're kind of discovering who they are on the ground finally, but they're kind of losing a little bit of who they are through the air. And I don't know that he's necessarily wrong. And the hope is, is that like they begin to put it all together over the next four games. That would be ideal. Uh, probably if this game wasn't emotional enough, if it wasn't heavy enough, if it wasn't ridiculously like crazy enough, John Brown comes off the field after scoring that touchdown and he runs over to Danny Kellington and he gives him the football. <laughs> John Brown, who's been inactive for the last couple of weeks. That's the first, I believe I saw a stat that that was the first pass he's caught in like two years. I think is the stat I saw. He hasn't caught a pass in two. I can't, that can't be true. He had to have caught a ball with the Raiders last year. He hasn't caught a pass from the, as a Buffalo Bill in two years. But the first pass that he's caught as a Buffalo Bill this year, and he takes the football, and he runs over to Danny Kellington. And if you don't know who Danny Kellington is, Danny Kellington is the guy that was performing CPR on DeMar Hamlin uh, last Monday night, and he gives him the game ball. He gives him that football. What a moment. What an absolutely freaking incredible moment. Uh, and then, I've, you know, the Stephon Diggs play after that, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. It's funny because I've got a negative comment. When I wrote this note in my notes, I've got a negative comment. And then Josh Allen drops back and he makes that throw. It's third and seven, right? Um, it's a critical moment in the football game. The Bills need a score there. They need to keep that drive alive. They need to keep the clock moving. They need to keep pressing the Patriots. The Patriots are not out of it. They're still fighting. They're trying to get to the playoffs. The negative note that I wrote right before that play happened was there's a problem with this offense over the last five weeks, four, five, six weeks with Stefan Diggs vanishing for long stretches of games. And I know, and, and Josh Allen was asked about it in his post-game presser. I know that they're double covering him. I know that they're bracketing him. I know that they're doing, defenses are doing what they can to either take him away or disguise to look like they're taking taking him away. But there's a feeling that Josh, Josh needs to force the ball to him a little bit to kind of keep that threat alive and kind of keep that moment there. And I know that sounds weird. Well, Joe, are you saying that he should throw incompletions to jo to, to Stefan? I'd rather he throws an incompletion to Stefan than have him throw the ball to Gabe Davis and have Gabe drop a, drop a football or, or throw it to somebody else and have them not be where they're supposed to be or whatever. So the, the negative note that I wrote was there was a problem with Stefan Diggs vanishing for long stretches of, of, of time in this offense. And then this moment happened. And when Josh Allen, I think what gets lost on us sometimes is we hear these broadcasters, right? And I know a lot of you out there don't like Tony Romo at all. I like Tony Romo because Tony Romo knows what the hell he's talking about. And not only does he know what he's talking about, he knows what's coming. Tony is a the reason Tony was an undrafted quarterback that started for the Dallas Cowboys is because his football IQ is through the roof. There's guys that can play football that are crazy talented, and then there's guys that are crazy smart that allow their 
brains to make up for the talent that they're lacking. Tony is incredibly intelligent. So when Tony was raving and losing his mind about the fact that Josh was on the opposite hash and dropping that football in a bucket 50, it was actually 59 yards downfield. It was a 49 yard touchdown, but Josh had dropped 10 yards. Those are the moments, right? That to me, that I don't know that we properly appreciate as Bills fans. So we hear all of this noise about Patrick Mahomes and we hear all this crap about other quarterbacks in the league. And you've got Josh Allen making throws like that one, which are throws that other quarterbacks don't make. They don't, they don't even throw that football and he drops it in the bucket. And he did it again with Gabe Davis and Gabe Davis dropped it. It, 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 there, that moment was just incredible. I, I, it's Josh, it's third and seven. The Bills need to do something. They need to to keep the drive alive. They just, I think they got to, what was it, second and 20 or second and 25 or something like that from a pet. It was the, that was the, the, regard, the ridiculous chop block play, right? Where they called uh, they called uh, Dawkins and Cook on a chop block. Cook was engaged and then Dion barely touched the guy. Oh, chop block. It was a ridiculous call. The Bills get the, the Bills get like twelve back or thirteen back uh, in the on the first play on second down, and all they need to do is they, they need to keep it going. And Josh drops back and he does what, he just does what Josh does, and you know when it's coming because he drops back and it's like this dude is about to take a whole shot. He's about to throw the ball fifty yards on the field, and I'm going I'm yelling. He's dropping back, and I can see where he's looking, and I can see like the tilt of his head, and I begin to yell at the television, no, no, and then he throws the football, and I go why. Like, why are you doing this now? Like, of all the moments, this is not – if it's second and one and we're up by two possessions, throw a deep shot. But at third and seven, when we need it, blah, blah, blah. So, like, you know, it's – I'm in my own head at this moment. I'm in my feelings, right? And then that ball comes down and it just lands perfectly in Stephon Diggs's lap. And Stephon Diggs is just otherworld. It's just, yeah, wildest dreams land. To see these two guys – on this football team and to hear Jamie Erdahl from good, good morning football talk about just moments. I think it was from Thanksgiving when she was just reflecting on and remembering Stefan Diggs looking at Josh when they were eating the Turkey legs and Stefan saying they were asking what they're thankful for. And Stefan looked at Josh and was like, I'm thankful for you. Like you'll never know how thankful I am for you. It was just, I mean, I hope that you are taking in every moment of what we get to live through. I'm hoping that you, you're, you're, I'm hoping that you are, I've, I've told you guys for a long time, every great play, every good play, every bad play, every horrible play, enjoy every moment of what you're getting to watch. 17 years of crap football, bad teams, bad quarterbacks, bad wide receivers, not all of them are bad. Obviously, we had Stevie and some others, Eric Moulds in that time. Bad coaching staffs, they were all bad. Bad front offices, they were all bad. Even when they even when they're not playing well, appreciate. Just appreciate what we get to watch as Bills fans. Take it in. Go to bed at night with a smile on your face. Even if they lose, go to bed with a smile on your face because we get to watch six more, ten more years of Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, whoever else they surround this kid with. Just 
Just live in it. Live in the moments. Live in the moments. And then to finish the game up for me, Milano had that interception, which how that dude got snubbed for the Pro Bowl, I'll never know. Um, the funny part about that pass that he intercepted is it had the throw been better as much as uh, Romo was dogging kind of Mac Jones for making that throw. If the throw would have been better, it's a touchdown. And then Tremaine gets the game ceiling pick, which was great. Um, the game stats for this game real quick. And I'm really long in the tooth. Like, I'm really going long. I apologize. Uh, I'm going to give you the Bills stats. Josh Allen was 19 to 31. Not a great day. But at the, end of, at the end of the day, I don't care about the MVP anymore. I care about the next four games. Give me four W's. And I don't give a crap about any, any MVPs. 19 to 31, 254, three touchdowns and, a, and an interception. James Cook, 9 of 45. Was his Devin Singletary, 7 of 29. And Josh Allen, 9 for 16. So I think this is the first game this season that the Bills did not rush for 100 yards. How about that one? Stephon Diggs, 7 for 104 and a touchdown. John Brown, 1 for 42 and a touchdown. Gabe Davis, 3 for 39. Khalil Shakir had a great route, a great catch, and a great run after catch. There was a that was a that was probably the best catch and run he has had route catch and run Khalil has had all season. Isaiah had a clutch uh, clutch catch as well, two for nineteen. Dawson Knox two for thirteen with a touchdown. James Cook two for six. Devin Singletary one for three. Real quick, let's talk about if you will, if you will permit me just for a moment, the Western New York Beer Trail, the brand new twenty twenty three Trail Pass, which is this bad boy right here, which is I believe just over thirty bucks. Uh, from Western New York Beer Trail is now available. The 2023 pass is bigger and better than ever. And there's no better time to get ready for your year than right here, right now. The new pass features 53 area breweries, cideries, meaderies, and beer bars all over Western New York. There's actually a map of all the places you can go. So you don't even have to like buy this thing and then go someplace and ask them if they accept it. You can, you can just buy it and be like, oh, we're going here tonight, honey. We're going here tonight, guys, if you're going out with the guys. Uh, while almost every stop still offers the two half price beers with your pass, there are several other offers available from select locations, such as discounts on flights, food, and merchandise. You can save over $400. So you spend 30 something bucks and you can save $400 with all the offers in the book, like a T-Bass field goal, which we didn't get today. You just can't miss the 2023 trail pass and other beer trail items are available at our website, www.wnybeertrail.com. Just click the shop tab. And now through November 15th, use the code, the voice 15 to save an, uh, 15% on your entire order. This is the perfect way to start your holiday shop. Oh, holidays are over. This is the perfect way to start your new year shopping uh, and get yourself something as well. We at Western New York beer trail are proud to, proud to support everything local craft beer, small business, local charities, Watch for our meetups and fundraising events along the way. Western New York Beer Trail. Drink local, shop local. We will see you on the trail. So that is the Western New York Beer Trail. Uh, do me a favor. Support it. Because uh, if you love this show and you want the show to continue, support support the sponsors that I have. So jump over to, to uh, the westernnewyorkbeertrail.com and get, pick yourself up uh, a beer trail uh, as soon as you possibly humanly can. Uh, so the Buffalo Bills hold up and they win this football game. All three phases showed up. Huge, huge help from special teams with the two touchdowns. Big deal. So I'm going to give you my story of this football game. Then I'm going to read your tweets and then I'm going to let you guys go. So the story of this game for me, clearly the story of this football game is Damar Hamlin, right? 
and all of the DeMar Hamlin narratives that are going to carry on forever. We're going to hear about it all week. We're probably going to hear about it for the rest of the season. If the Bills win the Super Bowl, we're going to hear about DeMar Hamlin and the DeMar Hamlin narrative going forward. And I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. But the story inside the story for this game, and we talked a little bit about it at the top. I've been saying, I don't even know, for eight weeks now, 10 weeks, and it's now being starting to get chirped by the national media. Not That doesn't mean that they've heard me say it. They just, they agree. They're just, they've come to the same conclusion that the only football team that can beat the Buffalo Bills are the Buffalo Bills. I've never seen, I've never seen a team hurt itself, including this game, as much as this team hurts itself and still overcome it. It's amazing to watch this team since basically halftime of the Packers game hurt itself, continually hurt itself, and be able to overcome it, save three losses. They just do a very good job. Resilient is the word. Taron Johnson said it. Sean McDermott has said it. I think Josh Allen has said it through the year. They're just a very resilient football team that has learned how to win. Josh Allen, I'm going to I'm going to repeat it to you again. Josh Allen said, from here on out, it does not matter how we play. All that matters is that we score more points than the defense. Or I should say score more points than the other team. How we matter or how we win doesn't matter as long as we win. And he's 100% right. But you've got to expect that that runway of hurting ourselves is going to run out at some point. So the story for me inside of this football game, outside of it being the DeMar Hamlin stuff, as this team is headed to the playoffs as the number two seed, they're going to have to clean up unforced errors. Uh, Tony Dungy on uh, uh, Sunday Night Football, Football Night in America, I believe it was him, literally said, They've got time to work on getting Josh Allen to clean up the five red zone. Josh Allen, who didn't throw a red zone interception for the first four years or four and a half years of his career, three and a half years of his career, has five this season. They've got some things they've got to clean up. They've got to clean up the, the unforced errors. They've got to clean up the stuff on defense, the, 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 the focus issues, the things like that that we saw or that we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks. Now, that doesn't mean that this team doesn't score points. They do. They score a lot of points. That's why they win football games. It doesn't mean that they don't buckle down and score when they need to and do the things that they need to when they need to do it. They do. That's why they're winning football games. Again, I've never seen a team hurt itself as much as this team does and still overcome it. But you have to be concerned that that runway is going to run out at some point. And the last place you want it to run out is in a single game series competition that are the playoffs single game elimination competition if the bills make a mistake now one too many mistakes there's nothing they can do to overcome it they're out they're going golfing they're headed to mexico the season is over bad decisions red zone picks by josh allen fumbles drop passes missed tackles missed assignments, missed gap fits, all that stuff. In order for this football team to do what we want them to do, they're going to have to play clean, good football. Do they need to play perfect football next week against the Dolphins? Probably not. Are they going to have to play 
perfect football against the Bengals? Are they going to have to play perfect football against the Chiefs? Are they going to have to play perfect football against the Eagles or the 49ers? Yeah, they're going to have to play per- perfect football. So to me, that's kind of that story inside the story of this game. They're going to have to start playing clean, cleaner football, if that makes sense. Another super chat from Carl. Carl, appreciate you, like I said. Hopefully, DeMar will be out of critical condition soon and recovering back at home. I can't wait until DeMar is sitting on the sidelines with his team. I can't wait till DeMar is playing football again because I think that's literally where this whole story is going. I think DeMar Hamlin is going to recover. And I know that a lot of people are like, but Joe, he died on the football field and they had to shock him back. J.J. Watt got shocked this week, this year too. Like he took an AED to the chest to get his heart back in rhythm. So don't, as long as he's neurologically fine, the lung damage that he uh, received or that he had was basically from them beating on his chest to get his heart restarted. Um, As long as he's neurologically fine and he is his heart, he doesn't have myocarditis or any of those things. It's kind of like an underlying make you retire situation. There's a good chance this young man is going to play football again. And man, you want to talk about exciting. That would be pretty tremendous. Uh, Super, super long. And I still got dude awards for you, and I got to read your tweets. So I apologize, everybody. Stick with me if you can. Uh, the dude awards. So for those of you that are not aware, uh, we we don't do thumbs up, thumbs down. We don't do buy or sell. We do the dude awards. So if you are playing well, we go, dude, great job, dude, you're the man. If you are not playing good and you didn't play well, we go, dude, bro, got to be better, got to be better. So the dude, my good dude awards, I've got three. I've got one down dude award. <clears throat> And you'll probably laugh. So my good dude awards, clearly you're given the first star, the first dude award to Naheem Hines. Uh, Naheem Hines, what a coming out party for this young man. <clears throat> he joined this team late at the trade deadline. Uh, probably you could glean from his press post-game presser. He still probably feels like as much as he's a part of this team, he said that he loves this team. It's the biggest family that he's ever been a part of as far as a football team goes. He made mention of the fact that this is the best, the best fan base in the NFL um he gets it he understands the culture and all that stuff this was very much a coming out party for naheem hines and if that little bit can continue for the next four games if they can get hot as a special teams unit look out everybody else uh second dude award taron johnson i thought just played a tremendously fantastic football game uh and then the last good dude award is uh tredavious white and matt milano for their picks uh i know tremaine Edmonds had one as well but Trey's and Matt's were both kind of in that end zone area. Matt's was in the end zone, and then Trey's was on the two-yard line. So for me, they got my last kind of a double dude award uh, f- uh, just kind of ending, to end the game. And then my only down dude award goes to, drumroll please, it's not a Bills player, the freaking Las Vegas Raiders. Like, what in the world? Seriously. They they didn't even they barely like they practically didn't even show up. They were playing a different football game almost completely than the Chiefs were playing. Like, could you at least show up and pretend like you want to be in a football game? It's the end of the season. They're division rivals. You could spoil everything for them because if they lose, the Bills win. The Bills get the one seed. Yada yada yada. They didn't even show up. It was pathetic. So my down dude award goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. So those are your dude awards. Now, we're going to wrap this show up. We're going to wrap this thing up. And uh, if you are listening to this in podcast form, 
and you are looking for the tweets. Um, I am now dropping the tweets in a separate podcast that is on the Overreaction Buffalo Sports podcast feed uh, in a show called Mafia Monday. So if you were with me live right now, you get to hear them. And if you are not with me live right now, you want to jump over after this and you want to listen to the Mafia Monday segment episode of Overreaction Buffalo. So ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you guys. The Buffalo Bills finished the season 13 and three. They're headed to the playoffs to play the Miami Dolphins in Orchard Park next week. I've got my tickets. I hope you get yours. Uh, and I hope I get to see you at the stadium. But uh, you have been tuned in to the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me as always on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Wildest dreams land. Man, this playoffs thing never gets old. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty great. What a great time to be a Bills fan. What a great time to be Bills Mafia. I'll see you guys next Sunday or Saturday, depending on when the game is. But uh, appreciate you all. Be healthy. Pray for tomorrow. Be united. Have hope. Go Bills.